You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's word today. Good morning once again, Living Hope. Thank you all for being here this morning. As we begin our broadcast, I just want to welcome everyone who's watching online. We thank you so much for watching. Uh, You're going to be glad that you tuned in this morning uh, because we do have a guest speaker who's always such a blessing uh, when he's here with us. If you haven't been here before, when Pastor Wayne's uh, been here, you're in for a treat. Uh, No pressure. Um, (laughs) Pastor Wayne is a mentor and spiritual papa to our own Pastor Dan. And uh, this year, he's celebrating 40 years in ministry. 40 years. Amen. Hallelujah. So would you please show your appreciation for Pastor Wayne Shirk. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Well, good morning. It is so good to be back visiting with you guys. By the way, I love the new look. This is awesome. Can't wait to see the chairs. I'll have to find an excuse to come back. How's that? Uh, Hey, look to your neighbor and tell them you're about to change. And then your reply should be, thank God, I need to change. (laughs) So let me address my spiritual kids first. Pastor Dan and Stephanie, we are praying and standing with you for your miracle. Right now, New Hope is also praying, and together we are believing God for more than you could ever imagine. And so we be- I'm believing that this will be a miracle testimony to the medical community here in Southwick, Westfield, and wherever else it reaches out to. Would somebody shout amen? amen. All right, so I'm going to do a teaching more than a preaching. Um, God kind of arrested me last about two weeks ago, minding my own business, the Lord drops into my spirit two words, greatness and overcomer. So, okay, I thought, well, I'm going to be addressing some graduates. That makes sense. That's cool. That's all right. So I went into it, started looking, started praying, and all of a sudden, everything began to change. In the last two weeks, I have been praying with, encouraging with three people that are suicidal, one being a major leader in the district. All of a sudden, finding out people are being bombarded up here. Bombarded to the place that they're overwhelmed and they can't get out of their stuck up here. Now, on the front, they're looking good. You think everything is fine. But if you get with them behind a closed door, they begin to reveal what the war is up here and in here. Somebody know what I'm talking about? So the Lord began to drop this in my spirit, and I'm just going to give it to you as I received it. In fact, my daughter and son-in-law are preaching the same type of thing I don't know what she's doing, but she told everybody to bring a brick. I have no clue why. (laughs) So on the way home, I'm going to listen to the YouTube as I'm driving back to Boston and find out why did everybody have to bring a brick. I didn't tell you guys to bring a brick. I don't understand. (laughs) I'm going to ask you a stupid question. How many believe God's word is true? 
or else you wouldn't be here. Duh. Genesis 1, right in the very beginning, he says, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. How many here believe you are created in the image of God? Be careful, I'm setting you all up. If we believe we are created in the image of God, why is there so many in the church body across the world that has an identity crisis? Why are so many people living in insecurity and fear that they're not good enough if we are created in the image of God? Did you know you're a masterpiece? Did you know you are God's workmanship? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we also should walk in them. Living translation, for we are God's masterpiece. Would somebody say, I am a masterpiece? Now that's easy to say, but do you truly believe it? I am a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us so long ago. I want to take you through a process of thinking today because your thinking will establish where your focus and where you're heading and your actions. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, more than anything you guard and protect your mind. Do you all hear that? For the life flows from it. Have nothing to do with a corrupt mouth. Keep devious lips far from you. Focus your eyes straight ahead. Keep your gaze on what is in front of you. Watch your feet on the way. All your paths will be secure. Don't deviate a bit to the right or to the left. Turn your feet from evil. Great instruction. How many believe that's true? God's word, we should do it. Okay? I believe it too. How many of us do it every day? How many try? You got it, sister. So here's the questions I have for you. Here's the questions the Lord asked me. So I don't want to be the only one that's on the hot seat. So come and join me. Do you know of any areas of your mind and emotions that continually lie to you and are trying to hold you in some type of emotional, mental, and spiritual captivity? Mm. What are those? I'm not asking you to give me an answer. I really don't want to know. I got my own stuff. All right. Hello. All right. At my church, I got to tell them that. They all have big mouths, and they'll start spitting stuff out, and I'm going, oh, too much, too much, too much. <laughs> what are those areas, and how long have those things exercised dominion up here? Exactly. I believe in every one of us, there is a seed of greatness. I believe in every child that is born, there is a seed of greatness. I believe in every person, there is an overcomer. We just got to find out, how do I do that? How do I go through the process? How does that work? And I want to begin that conversation with you 
for you then to take home and continue the conversation with your Lord. Amen? So let me give you my definition for today of greatness. Greatness is an accomplishment, success, a willingness to continually learn and put into practice a new knowledge that you have found, heard, studied, or was told. How many believe here that you can be a great man and woman of God? We're not talking pulpit people. We're talking family of God. All right? Greatness doesn't just happen because we hope for it. Now, can I step on your toes? Greatness doesn't happen because you believe for it. Don't shut me down. Let me finish my thought. All right? Wow, we're just supposed to believe. Okay. Greatness doesn't come because I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I will, I will, I will. And all of a sudden, a storm comes in my life, and that's all washed away. It doesn't happen because I hope for it, believe for it, or think it will. It's not being achieved by relying on luck or my circumstances changing. See, if I truly want to have greatness in my life and be that overcomer, I read in the word of God that I am. It will take effort on my part for it to become reality in my everyday life. I need to participate. I need to cooperate. I got to take the responsibility. How do I do that? Number one, I have to be teachable. How many know somebody that's not teachable? Isn't it funny? We all know somebody. All right? Don't look to your left or right. They're going to think you're thinking of them. All right? We got to be open to creative ideas and new ideas, even in church. We need to learn to walk in forgiveness every day. We need to allow the love of God to overwhelm us so it can overflow in us. So we don't walk in offense. So I don't walk in my emotional <clears throat> of anger. You all with me? Okay. Take a deep breath. You ready? Aren't you glad I came? Some of you say, why did I come to church today? <laughs> I need to be willing to change. Here's my prayer for you at 2 o'clock this morning. That the Lord would release a spirit of endurance and determination upon you that it will arise in you that you will face the process that you need to walk through. You know what process is? Going through it till it's over. We don't love the process. We just want the end result. How many construction men do I have in the house? Already, to build a house, there is a process. But it starts with a foundation, a strong foundation. Now, we can go through the process and build a strong foundation and build a beautiful house. But if it's not maintained, the house that I lived in for 26 years in Cambridge, we found out last fall that 
the foundation on that house underneath all the dirt washed away over the last hundred years. And there was a space from 10 inches to 30 inches. That the floor was sinking and it cracked. At the same time, the main beam that held everything up began to dry out and twist because we found out a hundred years later the contractor didn't finish everything he was supposed to do because there was no rules. Why am I sharing that? Most of us can be raised in church and go to church all our lives and, and really strive to be who God has called us to be. But if we don't keep our foundation strong, somebody with me? That's what today's all about. You need to learn, oh, you're going to love this one. All right? Maybe I'll say it this way. We need to learn to walk through conflict. We need to learn to walk through misunderstanding. I was raised in a great German, Pennsylvania, Dutch family. You know what we did with conflict? We swept it under the carpet. You're not allowed to talk about it and pretend it never happened. Do you know what happens later to those that were raised like that when they get to the young age of the 60s? Things begin to bite you. You begin to respond and not knowing why you're responding the way you do. Now, if you were raised in a good Pentecostal, charismatic, conservative church, here's what I heard. It's all under the blood. We don't talk about it. Is it under the blood? Yes. If I ask for forgiveness and walk through the process. But you know what I found out? Those people who always said that in their last stage of life began have all these questions and even questioned their salvation. We're talking church leadership, people that were involved in the church morning, noon, and night and started churches. Say process. I invite you on a journey today. I'm just going to open the gate and you decide to walk through and you got to decide to stay on the path or not. But understand this, the implementation of change will always bring conflict and will always bring doubt. I want you to invite doubt. How many pastors have you ever heard say that to you? But you see, I want you to grow, to become stable and mature in your faith. We're not here raising, and I say this reverently as much as I can. Now listen, you've known me for over 10 years since Pastor Dan and Stephanie got here. But we're not called to be butterflies. That's all I'm going to say. You let your imagination take you somewhere. But we are called to raise disciples, followers of Jesus that are secure and stable. That learned how to endure and persevere. How to praise him in the storm. How to praise him amidst the problems. And to become stronger and become that anchor that God says I can be. We got to trust in the Lord with all our heart. 
not lean to our own understanding, but in every way acknowledge him. And we need to allow him to direct our paths. But he can direct us, but are we going to stay on the path? Because those paths will have lots of doubt and conflict at times. Aren't you glad you came to church? Just supposed to build me up and rah, rah, rah. I want you to be grounded and founded. I want you to be like an oak tree. That when the winds come and the end times are, are coming in, that you know who you are in Christ. And you have learned to walk through. You've learned what it means to trust even more. you learn to walk through this. That you have a quality deep within you because of Jesus. Because you're a new creation in him. That you can endure. Somebody shout, I can endure. See, in order for me to become an overcomer, I need to learn to endure and persevere. And I need to have a mindset I'm never giving up. Quitting is not an option. Mm. I could hear a pin drop in this new carpet right now. Are you ready? I didn't even get to the text yet. This is only the intro. Every discipline that you have in life today will bring you great achievement if you stick to it. My prayer is God would release an anointing upon you, a favor upon you, that you will be so determined to become all that God called you to be. Not what others are telling you to be, what God called you to be. And you become so comfortable in your own skin that insecurity is broken off of your life. Fear is broken off of your life. Man-pleasing is broken off of your life because I know who I am in Christ. You all with me? Everyone is born with a seed of greatness that can be awakened and nurtured, but it only comes, are you ready? Through proper thinking and a persistent effort. Now, I'm going to give you a whole list of things that we need to have as disciplines. So just take a swallow now, pull your feet back. I don't want to step on too many toes, but I'm going back to Boston. And then you can say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right? Here we go. We got to be accountable and responsible. I need to take responsibility for every facet of my life, for every achievement, every productivity, every result, every relationship, every income, even debt, and even my health. I got to be accountable for allowing my feelings to run me. Mm. So that simply means this I got to be accountable and responsible for everything in my life. But in our culture, that's very hard. Because in the last, I've been here in New England for 40 years. And in the last 40 years, I have seen the culture change that now we have been conditioned to blame external circumstances and everybody else around us of the areas of our life that we don't like. Instead of taking responsibility, I continue to blame, all right, my failure or my flaws 
It's because of my mother. It's because of my family. It's because of my spouse. Don't look at nobody. All right? It's because of my boss. It's because of my friend. It's because of my pastor. It's because of lack of money. It's because of my age. It's the, op- the lack of opportunity or education. Blame, blame, blame. Do you know what blame is? Excuses. For me to justify why I'm not in a better place, can I just put it out? Because I'm too lazy to work on it and endure through it and persist through it to change. And when I'm at that place, there's something begins in the spirit realm up here called a stronghold. Mm. But yet we're told to take strongholds, and we're going to get to the passage really soon, all right? But here we go. If I'm going to have a stronghold, if I don't become responsible for all those areas of my life. If I don't confront the obstacles and the circumstances. If I don't take personal challenges and just kind of wipe it away and pretend it never happened. But yet I pray, Jesus be the Lord of my life. Make me a great man of God. Make me a man of influence. He can't do that if I don't go through the process to allow him to change. And it starts up here in my thinking. See, there are no victor's crown without a struggle. There's no prize without a fight. There's no overcomer unless there's something to overcome. Mm, but the challenges of life are the very things that make most people quit. And let me tell you, this is what happens. My life's never going to change. So I'm just going to learn to be content with where I'm at. And you're miserable, you're unhappy, and you ain't fun to be around, honey. (laughs) The joy of the Lord is not your strength. The peace of God does not surround you. And we make excuses. We create our future through the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit And we need to allow his word to take root in our hearts and to renew our minds. Your future is controlled by your choices and behavior. Now, let's take a moment. You're never too old to change. You're never too old to grow. And you're never too old not to confront to have a better life. So this side gets it. Let me come over here. I really say amen. I really want you guys, all of us, to take a look at ourselves. Where do I need to grow? What needs to change? Why, I, why am I where I'm at in life? How much of the word does truly apply How much of the presence of God truly leads me? Or am I still trying to do life on my own and when I get in trouble, I cry out to him? Your future is controlled by you and you alone. 
regardless of the shifting winds of change that are blowing all around you, regardless of what Washington or City Hall or anybody else is doing. Do not allow fear or failure to dictate your present today and your future. Don't allow wrong decisions, mistakes, or just dumb choices define you and your future. Learn from them, make them stepping stones, and push forward. Would somebody say amen? amen. Now, you know what amen means. Let it be. So I hope you do. You cannot control what other people do or what happens around you. But you do choose to control how you're going to respond to it. Mm. You Okay, you ready? We, you and I, we have control over the thoughts we think. We have control over the images that we focus on to visualize and the actions we take. See, what I choose to see determines my reality. And I have the power to change my reality by shifting my focus and making different choices. If there's something in your life that's not working, that's making you miserable, change. What are you doing that's keeping it that way? And now do something different. This is not a motivational speech. Because I'm going to give you the word to back it up. If your life is not up to the hope and what you expected, you can change it. But that means you've got to modify what you think. What you read, what you watch, your daily habits, your conversations, your dreams, or something else. Because all that stuff determines my tomorrow. All blame is a waste of time, no matter how much fault you find with another. And regardless of how much you blame somebody else, it will not change you. So if you keep blaming, you ain't changing. You're stuck. And I'm here today to tell you there's freedom from stuck. You can be delivered from stuck. You can have a better tomorrow because of who God says you are, what he says you can do. But you've got to go through the process of change. Not fun, but possible. You ready? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, looking at verses 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Paul had an understanding, all right, on spiritual weapons and the warfare and the power of God that is available to tear down these strongholds. Let's go to verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought, say every, every. 
every thought. That's the key. Into obedience with Christ. Our struggle was not against human flesh, but against principalities and powers. And the only way to successfully engage in spiritual warfare is to abandon all the carnal methods and the worldly attitudes and follow what God says. Which means you need to know the word. Which means you're not only knowing it, but you've got to apply it. See, the word of God is for us, for it to change us, to become part of us. And out of that, the fruit then is I become an overcomer. As I approach to pull down strongholds, all right, I do it, but I need the word of God. I can't do it just on my own knowledge. As we approach pulling down strongholds and we present the truth of God's word, then we need to allow the Holy Spirit not only to reshape others, others' thoughts, hearts, attitudes, and perceptions, I need to allow the Holy Spirit to do the same thing to Wayne. It's so easy to look at everybody else's stuff and say, well, they need this, they need to do this, this is the verse for them. What about you? The word stronghold comes from a Greek word that describes a fortress, a castle. Ancient fortresses had exceptionally thick and very high walls that were designed to keep outsiders from scaling the walls and from breaking and people breaking inside. Let me tell you, they're thick. I had the privilege to be in Albania for two weeks last September, and Albania has more castles than any other country in Europe. And let me tell you, to get to those castles was hard. We had to climb. They had paths, but we had to climb mountains like this. And once you get up there, the walls surrounding the castle, before you got in the castle, were huge. I don't even know how they built them back then. And they were so high in the mountain, and I asked somebody, I said, why, why is it so far up here? They said, because we can see the enemy coming from miles and miles and miles. Mm. Get the picture? Now, in the New Testament, this very same Greek word also represents a prison. I want to paint a picture for you. Since the most secure, highly guarded prisons were constructed deep inside such fortresses, that fortress, that stronghold, is the same picture in the Greek of a prison. Prisons are places of detention and holding tanks. Prisons are designed to keep people from getting out. Notice he uses the word strongholds about our mind. Are you getting the picture? Holy Spirit, open our eyes and our ears. Prisons have fortified walls as well as bars of steel that are designed to hold a prisoner in captivity. The strongholds Paul is referring here are the lies of the enemy that has ingrained in us so deeply in our minds and in our belief system 
that they now exert power over us in certain areas of our lives. And Paul's saying we need to address those areas. Just as ancient rulers like to build their castles perched high in a mountainside, the enemy of our soul, the devil, attempts to build lies in our minds so he can rule from a lofty position in your thoughts and in your emotions. And although you may know logically that these lies that the enemy speaks to your mind are untrue, these lies still wage war in your soul. They still attempt to sabotage Sabotage your sense of self-worth and your self-image. When we have a stronghold in our minds or emotions, there is a thick, invisible wall around us, and it's like a fortress and a prison. And I have come here to expose this stuff for you to begin to walk in a freedom and in a peace of mind that You've always hoped for, but didn't know how to get there. That's what today's all about. These lies insulate us from people who may even try to break in and help us. Have you ever counseled somebody, ever encouraged somebody, ever prayed for somebody, and you go, boy, they're thick. <laughs> Nobody ever said that about you. Okay, we know that. <laughs> all right. Oh, yes, I have. I love the honesty in the first row. Jesus, we leave you. Why do we build walls? Why do we allow it? Because it insulates us from rejection that we've been through or hurt or pain. Thinking that's going to protect us. When it doesn't, it exposes and it hurts us even more down the road. Father God, help us. So many within the church are under mental and emotional assaults, and they're held in captivity like a prisoner behind lies that have taken root and built strongholds. And we view life through an illusion of bondage that we don't even recognize because Satan has put it in our minds, and we kind of wish we could be free, but say, well, that's just my culture. That was just my upbringing. That was just, that was just. And we're trying to justify and find reasons of why the struggle's real. Somebody know the struggle's real. You can be raised in a family that has done their very best to raise you and to, and to set you free, and you still have a struggle. Last October, my daughter and I, I it just began to happen. We organically, I called her up to give a thought on something I was preaching, and she's been next to the pulpit with me now since. I thought I did a good job as a dad. Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, we prayed, we worshiped. I mean, we, we made sure we didn't watch movies that would, you know, plant any. We did the best that we could do. But she began to expose lies that were planted from thoughts or from statements that somebody made, including me. And I realized we all struggle with this. Now, you have to understand, she exposed that while I'm preaching and she's preaching, and I never heard this. The first time I went. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, but you know it's true. Every one of us have been told things, whether it was from a parent, a coach, a teacher, 
or somebody else when we were children. And that lie has nailed a stronghold that we didn't even recognize. Because it's counterproductive to what the Word of God says I can do and what I can be. You all there? You with me? I pray today that the Lord will begin to show you those prisons in our minds that we can't break out of. So here in 2 Corinthians 10, we see a picture of a fortress and a prison. So what areas of your mind are controlled right now by the enemy's lies of fear? How many of you still operate out of fear? You make choices out of fear. And sometimes you don't even realize it. We make choices because of doubt and because of worry. Do you find yourself being repeatedly attacked in areas of your self-worth and your self-image? Do you feel at times that you're being crippled, that you can't move on or be something more than you thought you could do? How many of you feel hostage in your mind and in your emotions? There's some things that, I'm just going to trust Jesus. Well, you got to trust Jesus. But there's some things that we need to do and take accountability for. So many times we've allowed the enemy to build these hindering emotions and stuff inside us. And so we need to first recognize what those areas are. And then we need to repent. Lord, I am so sorry that I permitted this. I didn't even recognize it and see it, but thank you for exposing it. So now I repent, and I'm giving you this whole thought, Lord, this process of my thinking. I'm giving it to you right now. So, Lord, I thank you. And what do you do next? That's not, not enough. I got to replace those thoughts with something from the Word of God. So you need to begin to look up scriptures that deal with this thought that has become a stronghold. We have a gift that my parents did not have. We have Google. (laughs) I love Google. If you are struggling with worry, type in scriptures on worry. You'll be shocked. Listen. There was times I had to go through books like this and page through and then write them down by hand. (laughs) Copy and paste, baby. That's all you got to (laughs) do. And put those scriptures in your bathroom. Put them on the mirror because you look in that mirror every day. Well, some of you might not, but, you know, it's a good idea. (laughs) The other place that you go to every day is the refrigerator. You want me to come down there? All right. (laughs) Put them on your refrigerator. I put one in my car. I know the places I visit in my house all the time. I even hung a list by my television because I can't miss AGTV. I mean, no, America's Got Talent is my thing. All right. And you need to begin to proclaim these words scriptures out loud now just read them to yourself guys that's hard for us but listen do it in your in your truck do it in your car do it in the privacy or wherever and begin lord help me replace this very thing with this promise and you keep repeating those promises until you feel a turn 
until you sense a release. We got to get back to the path of right believing and right thinking. This is how we renew our minds. So we have two types of strongholds. There's a rational stronghold. You know what the rational stronghold is? This doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. One plus one equals two. And so rational strongholds will tell me why I can't do what I want to do. Why this can't happen is because this rational thinking. Now you need rational thinking. But it can become a stumbling block. And then there's irrational thinking. An irrational stronghold. That's where fear, worry, doubt, and all of this good stuff comes in. But remember this. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a... Oh, you read it. So how sound is your mind? Oh, I believe the word. Okay, where's the sound mind? Where is the soundness of your mind in this situation? You with me? I keep saying that because I don't want to lose anybody. I want us to all come through this river to the other side. Our minds will develop a stronghold of natural, natural reasoning that will dictate all kinds of lies to my life. But I need to take charge of my mind. How many know it's sometimes it's hard to shut your mind down? I don't know... I'm a little hyper at times. I know you're all shocked. I got a little ADD at times. I use it as a gift. But sometimes when I lay down to go to sleep, I can't shut it down. So everybody goes, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. Pop this, pop that. Drink this, drink that. You know what I do? I put on worship. Instrumental worship. And now YouTube, the other gift besides Google, has meditations of night over the word of God that you can play. And so when my mind's racing, I put that on. I'm I'm serious. Within three minutes, I don't know where I went, but I'm out. The word works. The presence of God needs to be dwelling up here first and foremost. Listen, if I don't take charge of my mind, my mind will completely and be dominated and controlled by other things. And I love Jesus. I preach his word. But there's a battle. And my obedience to God will set me free and breaks that loose. Unrealistic fears, irrational worries, all of this, okay, begin comes to wrestle also with us. These harassing thoughts persist and insist on controlling us mentally and emotionally. we got to deal with it right up front and go through the process. Paul does not say one thing bringing the devil into captivity. Let me say that again. Paul doesn't say, let's read it. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He doesn't say bring the devil into captivity. Mm. Boom. Everybody say it's all up here. 
You know how many times you confess there's nothing up here? <laughs> I'm here to tell you there's a lot up there. Isn't it amazing how the enemy loves to torment you and I? How about we just allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign so he can't even get in? Let's recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit and discern the thoughts that we keep thinking on and stop allowing the enemy to invade our lives through lies that he has planted since you were wee high. You can take control of your thoughts. You can take your thoughts captive and then your thoughts cannot take you captive. Isn't that good? So quit listening to every old lie the devil tries to sink in your brain and start talking to those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Does it match the word? Does it match the word? What I'm thinking, is it in the word? Well, I'm not sure. Look it up. And if it's not, what do you do? Take charge and replace it with the word of God. When I do that, I am now gaining control over what I think about myself and life. When I do that, I have purpose, purposefully curated and organized my thought life. You've got to be the general manager of this. Mm. Need to be. Because our thoughts affect every area of life. Our thoughts become our feelings, which turn into belief. And then that belief leads to action. And once those beliefs are established in our hearts and mind, then we become, that becomes the fuel for actions, which in turn becomes my life. So if there's an area of your life that you're not happy with and pleased with, get a plan. Ask the Lord. Let's make a plan. Let's turn this thing around. Let's change this thing. Above all, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I'm here to tell you, you can direct your thoughts towards God, but it's a battle, it's real, but you can do it. Somebody shout, I can do it. Finally, my brothers, Philippians 4, verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, to there is any excellence. If there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Mm. we got to direct our thoughts away from the ungodly and we got to set our thoughts to who he is and his promises. Listen, there will always be the temptations. There will always be stumbling blocks. There will be potential roadblocks. There will always be potholes. And we're going to slip and fall, but don't get stuck. Pick yourself up and keep pressing forward. Keep pushing forward. See, we got to build an arena for the presence of God to literally be all around us. How do I do that? He inhabits the praises of his people. Do you know God honors his word? 
If you pray his word, you got nothing to worry about. Take every thought captive. That requires I'm intentional. It's about training yourself to examine the thoughts, the feelings, the images, and the beliefs that arise in your everyday living. This is everyday stuff. This is not a Sunday morning one-shot deal. I am not giving you a prescription of pills for 30 days. I am giving you a life tool that you can turn all things around and you can live in a peace that you never had before, that his joy will become your strength and you'll begin to walk in that fulfillment that you've always hoped you could but thought it never would happen. I'm here to tell you, it can and it will happen if you're intentional, if you endure and you persist. See, it's in his presence we receive both revelation and grace to become aware of those thoughts in our lives. And if you have a thought that comes into your mind, pause and just examine it. Don't push it away. All right? And allow the Holy Spirit to work. Allow the Holy Spirit to literally empower you and strengthen you. When you have a thought that come in, are you ready? Just make it really simple. How many things, how many, you like simple? Easy? Me too. Especially as I get older, I just want it simple. Let me push a button. That's it. All right? Let's keep it simple. In his presence, I receive revelation and grace. When a thought comes in my mind, I got to pause. Where did it come from? Does it match up to the word of God? Holy Spirit? Is this a stronghold? Or is this you transforming my and renewing my mind? Then, here's the question. Is this thought the very best in my life? Does it match to what God says I am and who I am? Then if it is, plant it, seed it in your heart, meditate on it, and encourage it to grow. When you realize, however, that the thought isn't from the Lord, it's easy. Yes, it's easy. Reject it. Let me prove to you, you had plenty of practice. Remember growing up and you were so involved in something and you didn't want to be bugged and mom's calling you to take out the trash? You heard it and it went right through. Mm-hmm. Husbands, we have the same gift with our spouse, but this is not a marriage seminar. So when those thoughts, Charles, Dr. Charles Stanley taught me this, and I loved it years ago. He said, just because a thought comes in doesn't mean you own it. Hmm. Because somehow I believe the life, it's in there, it must be mine. And that stalled me out all over the place in fulfilling everything and believing everything that God said I would do. And it took me years to realize not every thought that I get is mine. So I had to learn to accept those responsibilities, let those thoughts go right through, and then allow the Word of God, okay, to come in. See, our minds need to change, but so does our behavior. But some of us are trying to change behavior modification and not change our thinking. 
That's why the struggle becomes worse. Instead of focusing on your outward behavior, work on disciplining your minds from which behavior will come. Sometimes we get it turned around. So Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties. Somebody shout, that includes my mind. As a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, and consecrated, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. But do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed. Now, Amplify says this, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God, even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. I'm here to tell you, God has greater things in his sight for you than you do for you. That's where the greater comes in. That's where the overcoming comes in. And Paul says, don't copy the behaviors of this world. But allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to renew and re-educate and redirect your mind. And when I do, somebody shout, I'm transformed. Great recipe. You know what the problem is? It's hard to, to endure through the process. But somebody shout, I can do it. Think through your problems rather than reacting to them. Mm. When you experience difficult challenges, you react to them and you think into despair most of the time. Don't get trapped by the disabling thoughts from your past. You are capable of getting out of your shame, out of your despair, your hopelessness, your anger, By taking control of your thoughts. You need to confront your disabling thoughts. Let the promises of God become reality. But it's hard work. It's hard work. But it's possible. And I'm here to tell you, when you take that personal discipline and you make that commitment... You'll be finding yourself retraining your thoughts. You will have a freedom from the power of man-pleasing that you never imagined you could. You will have a freedom in yourself. You'll be able to breathe heavy because you know who you are in Christ. And it doesn't matter. The thoughts of what others think will not affect you anymore. Mm. It's not easy to retrain our thoughts or to respond in every way, Christ-like. But when I take heart, you know what it is? God empowers us. He equips us. And it becomes easier as I go along. Can I pray for us? How many can say, Pastor Wayne, this has been a struggle in my life. And I need to renew my mind. Sometimes there's battles up here. I didn't know how they came in, but they came in. 
and I have a hard time shutting down, and I have a hard time doing all this, if that is you, would you just stand to your feet? Just be honest. Lord, I thank you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to release your anointing, to remove this burden, destroy these strongholds, these yokes in our lives that we didn't even realize were there at times. Help us to see the, the rational and the irrational strongholds in our minds, Lord. Father, we ask you to forgive us for allowing the enemy to take us deeper and deeper into these lies that I have bought it as my lifestyle just what it is. But Lord, help us now to uproot and to cast down and to bring everything into obedience to your word according to your word. And Lord, today we boldly declare my mind is free from all the lies. Give us a hunger and a thirst to meditate upon your word more today than we did yesterday. And precious Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that as we step out in faith, to renew our thoughts. They will see a shift in the atmosphere of their homes, their workplace, their lives. That, Father, they will begin to walk in a courage and a confidence, not within their own ability and strength, but in the ability and the strength of your word, your promises, and your spirit. Release, Father, that spirit of endurance, determination. And Lord, I thank you. I want you all, everybody in the, in the sanctuary and those that are watching, just lay your hands on your mind right now. And I want you to pray for yourself. Ask the Lord to help you to renew every thought. Ask the Holy Spirit right now to expose every lie. Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Father, as these men and women of God are praying for themselves, Lord, I pray that you would begin to open revelation and understanding, that they would begin to see things differently, hear things differently, that they can think differently and then respond differently. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you that we are more than overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But Lord, help us to guard our heart and our mind that your peace would rule and reign in every area. And as we intentionally look at every facet of our lives and we take that accountability and responsibility, Lord, I, would, I pray right now that you would release a divine strength and grace upon your people. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you that your word works. And I thank you that your promises are true. And I thank you that every lie is broken in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.